Hello, this is Jesse Weiler for Otterimus Bulletin. Today we have a very special podcast episode. We are joined not only by the editor of Otterimus Bulletin, Chris Carsons, but we are also joined by two gentlemen who are helping spread the work that we're doing at Otterimus to the other side of the globe. So without further ado, another Otterimus interview. Hi, this is Jesse Weiler for Adorama's Bulletin, and we have a very special podcast episode today to talk about some very new uh, things that are happening with Adorama's Bulletin. So I'm joined here with the editor, Chris Carsons. Chris, can you say hi? I can say hi. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning. Uh, and for us, it's the morning, but for our friends across the, uh, on the other side of the globe, we have Charbel Race. Charbel, how are you doing? Good evening to you. Good evening or good morning. Yes, uh, Jess, it's great to be here. <laughs> and then we have uh, uh, our good friend and colleague, Amador Baragas. How are you doing, Amador? Did I say that right? I do. Hey, good. You certainly did it the Chicago way. No, <laughs> oh, no doubt about that. <laughs> well, uh, so like I said, uh, you know, we have some very important things that we'd like to announce at, at, at Aramis, and there's some really great things happening. And to, to kick us off, Chris, do you want to, uh, to give our listeners a heads up about what's going on? I would love to. So this has been a project, uh, it seems like a long time coming, but it's going to uh, come to fruition here in the year 2022. And that is that uh, Otteramus Bulletin and all of our other uh, uh, publications and outlets will, but especially the Bulletin, will be printed and uh, mailed, shipped directly from uh, Sydney. Uh, with the help of uh, of uh, Amador and uh, Charbel, and I'll, I'll have them tell you more about uh, themselves in a little bit. But, uh, uh, ever since uh, Otteramus began in '95, we have had uh, uh, readers uh, all around the globe, uh, in the English-speaking parts of the world, and we've had a handful of readers in uh, Australia and uh, New Zealand. One of those readers is uh, uh, our friend Amador. And he, uh, he'll tell you more about uh, the genesis of the project uh, in a bit, but uh, uh, through his uh, initiative and uh, the very valuable help of uh, Charbel at uh, Perusia, uh, we are going to begin, rather than printing and mailing from the United States, which I think, uh, uh, Amador, you can, you can tell us uh, later how long it actually takes for a bulletin to get from, uh, from uh, the U.S. To, to your mailbox, but we're going to start to print uh, publish and promote directly from Australia. And that's the news. And coupled with that is uh, anybody who wants to sample the bulletin for the next year, that'll be until uh, May 23, can sign up for the bulletin, for the uh, electronic, for print, for the uh, monthly electronic newsletter, to listen to our podcasts, to watch any videos uh, free of charge. So that's, uh, that's the news that we're happy to, uh, to announce uh, this morning. And uh, this is in partnership with, you know, with Perusia, which has been kind of a longstanding collaboration and it's, you know, revving up, like we said. Um, so, Sharpel, can you tell the U.S. listeners a little bit about what Perusia is and maybe um, a little bit of context from this whole relationship and why you think it's important? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we, we are a faith um, formation apostolate. So we uh, we focus on... You know, teaching the, the Catholic faith uh, in whatever means necessary. It, used, it started off with CDs, the humble CD, and, uh, and that seems to be uh, less and less popular these days as, as, as vehicles don't have CD players anymore and things. So 
we are doing less CDs these days and less DVDs and doing a lot more digital um, and a lot more print, funny enough. So um, we, we, we print and publish lots of books now locally, and we also do a lot of study programs. And, and we also are known in Australia for our live events where we in, invite international speakers, uh, mainly from the States, but around the world, and, um, and they tour around the country. And, and during COVID, uh, we've had to pivot and do a lot of digital um, conferences and things like that. So praise be to God, you know, we, we've, through the last couple of years, we've reached over 100 countries digitally and, um, and, and reaching so many souls just with the, with, the, with the different formats we've gotten. It was funny. Um, uh, it was about oh, six months ago or, or maybe more. Uh, Amador called me about, about Amadeus Bulletin. I have to admit, um, I was very much familiar with the liturgy or the liturgy guys podcast and, and the liturgical Institute. And, uh, we were very excited about, um, talking about partnering in, in that, but I, I was less familiar with, um, Adorama's bulletin cause I never subscribed to, I never got to actually see a physical copy. And so you and me I both, actually, you and me both were in the same boat. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's lucky you cleared that up. <laughs> right, right. But, um, yeah, I was, I just when he, uh, we started talking and, and you know, we had we have a, a plenary council that was going on uh, at the time when Amadeus called me and, and I wasn't, um, Amador, sorry, and I wasn't sure. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So the bulletin, what exactly is that? Is it a, uh, a notice board? What is this? Uh, and then we're just bouncing ideas. And then when he started to say it's it's connected, it's Chris Carson's. Oh wow, from the Liturgical <laughs> Institute. Yes. Oh, okay. I started joining the dots. Oh, we're we're in for for by the end of that conversation, I think Amador could probably <laughs> um, clarify. I was I was said before we finished. I said I'm in, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll get to know what this bulletin's about. <laughs> very quick, smart, but um, it. And so we're very excited about it. And and then uh, uh, he didn't waste any time, and we emails started to to flow and. It was fantastic. Before we knew it, uh, we we were talking about getting Australian contributors. So that's um, that's going to be another exciting uh, uh, addition where we could potentially throughout the year have have an article um, written by an, an Aussie, an Aussie professor mm-hmm. or priest. Or, so we're very excited. But printing locally is going to be a game changer, and uh, we can print it locally here and, and distribute it at a local cost and save so much shipping. And, and the taxes and, and all of that time. So we're very excited and, and looking forward to um, getting this out there across uh, Australasia, Australia and New Zealand. All right. And, and Chris, for uh, our friends who are listening in, the, in Australia, in that area, what is Adoramus Bulletin and what are you trying to do and what is the mission? Yeah, Adoramus was founded in 1995. It kind of has the subtitle Society for the Renewal of the Sacred Liturgy. Uh, and it was founded by uh, three people in the United States, Father Joseph Fessio. He's the uh, publisher of Ignatius Press, uh, those books. Uh, Father Jerry Pekorsky is a priest of uh, Arlington, Virginia, and he started a group called Credo. Hitchcock was the real uh, energy and kind of the day-to-day uh, manager of this. And she uh, also ran a group called Wom- uh, Women for Faith and Family. And uh, its apostolate was to, it, it accepts Second Vatican Council and sac- Sacrosanctum Concilium and wants to see the reforms of uh, the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy carried out and implemented with an eye to tradition and in fidelity to the magisterium. Uh, after 
I don't know. We're all we're all so young here on this uh, interview that we might not uh, remember some of the some of the high pitch of the liturgy wars or of, uh, you know, some of the unfortunate, um, you know, abuses that went on or poorly celebrated liturgies. Uh, and so they really wanted to. They, many Catholics were concerned about that. They wanted their liturgy to be faithful and uh, uplifting and orthodox and joyful and uh, life changing. And so that's what their that's what their apostolate was really about, to understand, to celebrate uh, and to participate in uh, the liturgy to to the fullest degree. And so that's that's what they were after. Well, when when Helen Hull Hitchcock uh, passed away in 20. Uh, 13, 2014, uh, I was asked to be uh, the editor. Uh, my my full-time job is I'm a diocesan liturgy director in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Then I do some some things with you, Jesse, at the Liturgical Institute. But I began uh, uh, editing, publishing the bulletin uh, back in uh, 2015. And it's uh, it's been a real joy. Um, you know, there's, uh, we're Kind of the tone of the bulletin is uh, the liturgy is is uh, is a given and it's awesome, and there's plenty to read about uh, online and whatnot about uh, about liturgical uh, tomfoolery or liturgical abuse or liturgical arguments and things like that, and we're not uh, uh, denying that those things need to be addressed, but th there's so much energy spent on that that in the meanwhile. Um, we're, we're kind of, we're missing what's really great about the liturgy that, uh, that God comes to us in, in as real a way as he did 2000 years ago, and that we have the opportunity to come face to face with Christ today as uh, they could 2000 years ago. So meanwhile, nobody talks about that because we're too busy talking about these other uh, aberrations that might be going on. Well, we want uh, pastors and ministers to celebrate beautifully, to manifest Christ in our world today, and we want people to be able to see him. So that's what the Adoramus uh, Bulletin does. And I would say, just from my perspective, Chris, and you know, coming up in liturgy only like six or seven years now, I think Adoramus does a really good job bridging the gap between you know, the hyper-academic world and the, the actual practical world. And so it, 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 it's at a great level that almost every Catholic should be able to read that and say, oh, wow, that's, that's informative and impactful for me. Amador, uh, this is your time to shine. Um, so you're on the clock. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but we want to hear how you know, this came about, how, why you think this partnership is important and why you think getting Adoramus in the hands of Australians and getting uh, Australians to know, to know more about what's happening in the States is really important. Thanks for that, Jesse. Uh, I'm going to come back to the last uh, comment that you made about the, uh, how the academic uh, world uh, and the not so academic world does intersect on the publication. I had the opportunity to read Spirit of the Liturgy probably back in 2010 uh, or 2009, somewhere around there. And through my own uh, desire to experience a more full, uh, full, a more full liturgy, perhaps a, uh, a deeper encounter with the liturgy through the transcendentals of uh, truth, beauty, and goodness. I started oriented. I started engaging and participating more in the uh, Byzantine uh, liturgy. Um, so much so that I uh, eventually joined a, uh, a monastery in uh, Wisconsin. So I was there for uh, for a number of years. But my love for the liturgy has always uh, continued. Eventually. Uh, you know, I moved to Australia, got married, uh, and uh, you know, uh, my wife has always known that uh, for me, liturgy is paramount. Uh, a proper liturgy trumps everything. 
and there's nothing I, I never uh, I, I never think that there is no room for the liturgy to get better. And I don't mean to get better as far as innovations, but rather to go back to what the books say so that we can actually make the liturgy what it is meant to be. But she's always ch uh, charitable enough to remind me that Australia is still a mission country. Uh, she works for, uh, for the Archdiocese of, uh, of Perth, uh, and she's been, doing, uh, she's been working for the Archdiocese uh, here in Perth for, I think, about 15 years or something like that. So she, she really understands the Australian church, and she's been involved in a number of, uh, of different things. Anyway, I, I mentioned that because when I came to Australia, I really saw that, that there is opportunity for, for that catechesis. And, and, you know, to no fault of, uh, of anyone and certainly not pointing fingers, but at the same time, noticing that from the young, uh, from the young community and, 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 and the youth, uh, and even a, a large number of families having this deeper desire for, uh, you know, a deeper encounter with Christ. Of course, not that irrespective of the type of liturgy and, you know, whether there's uh, things done out of ignorance or because of, uh, you know, uh, poor catechesis, Folks may not do uh, what's, what's required of them to do. Of course, you know, Christ is fully present either way. But that doesn't mean that we should be robbing ourselves of, of, of this uh, mystical encounter. Through, uh, through my own research, I eventually stumbled upon the Liturgical uh, Institute, uh, which I wish there was some type of collaboration here in Australia. Maybe that's for a different podcast and a different conversation, but given that maybe, you're the director. Maybe it's happening. Who knows? <laughs> Um, I do hope that there is some type of, a, of option for that. But anyway, that's, uh, that we, can have, we can have that discussion uh, afterwards. Uh, but through that, I eventually uh, came across the, uh, the, the Liturgy Guide podcast uh, and uh, certainly through uh, the Adoramos Bulletin. When I encountered those resources, I was fascinated. Uh, and I, um, I subscribed to the, to the publication and I started devouring the content. And, and it dawned on me that because of the accessibility of the information, the ease and the clarity in which it is written and the respect that the publication commands, uh, it just seemed like a natural fit to bring it over to Australia. I ended up sending an email. Uh, I, so someone from uh, Chris' uh, team uh, responded to me. And I think we tried to... Uh, get something rolling probably at the beginning of uh, 2020, uh, 2020, or sorry, the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021. But then I went silent for a bit of time. Uh, my second uh, uh, daughter was uh, arriving. So that, uh, you know, with my hands got uh, full and uh, trying to chew more than, than what I could, but Chris was kind enough to uh, wait for me. And then eventually he sends an email, hey, you know, uh, we were talking about this. I haven't heard from you in a while, what's happening? Like, you know, I really want to get this done. So uh, give me, a, I need a little bit of time uh, just to stabilize my schedule and, uh, you know, jump on it on, uh, again. Eventually through, uh, you know, but, uh, I, I have to say that it's been a, a blessing to work with uh, Chris. And I, but as, as we further discern what this process would look like, uh, then I, I quickly I realized that it is obviously something I just couldn't do on my own. Through, I, I knew Charbel through uh, work that my wife and him uh, have, uh, have done. And because Charbel has come to Puff during a number of other events pre-COVID, this is, and I had thought about reaching out to Charbel, but I, you know, I, I kept telling myself, well, I'll just do this later. I'll do, I'll, I'll do it later. And eventually Chris says, hey, do you know Charbel? And I'm like, absolutely, I know Charbel. Says, why don't we reach out to him? I think he's doing some type of collaboration with Jesse. That might be the key to this, uh, to this puzzle. 
And that's that's how it happened. I uh, tried to schedule a time to uh, chat with Charbel. And as he said earlier, before I was fine, finished with my call, I already had an agreement, uh, which was great. Uh, I think I, I only needed to say a couple of things. And, and uh, Charbel was like, I'm in, I'm in, let's do it. So uh, then from there, we just started working together. Uh, and uh, yeah, at this point, it looks like we might have a, a dry run edition later at the end of this month. Uh, and then we will officially have launched in May, God willing. So that's, uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. And given, with, given all of the things that are happening here in Australia with the, uh, with, with the plenary uh, occurring uh, as well, uh, the next gathering of the uh, bishops is taking place in June which would be our winter uh, for us. So they'll be here gathering for, for winter and, you know, through the deliberations. And my, my hope was that by the time, and I think, praise be to God, that it seems like it is going to come to this. My hope was that by the time the, the, uh, the bishops would gather, we as a lady would have something to present to them as a response to one of the interventions that occurred in October, which was questions regarding the liturgy. And, and a number of the Eastern uh, 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 bishops had phenomenal interventions encouraging the church to become more faithful to to the books, which of course then the Holy Father has echoed as well through Amoris not Amoris Leticia, pardon me, the motu proprio uh, sumorum. Um, no, I'm quoting Benedict. What is the uh, latest motu proprio on the uh, liturgy? The one that was uh, from June, July. Chris, you probably remember this. It's uh, Traditionis Custodes. That's it. Traditionis custodis. Thank you for that. So my hope is that by the time we get to this gathering in, in June, we would have something to present to the, to the bishops and say, hey, this is what we have been working on, and then allow for them to continue to do the work and their discernment of the uh, plenary. I, I like that, Amador, because a lot of times we sit in the wings waiting for the bishops to say like, hey, can we do this? Or, you know, go, you know, commission us to do something. But I think working bottom up, and saying this is what's happening already and presenting it is a great thing. Uh, Charbel, I want to know about this plenary council, and I also want to know about the hunger for the faith that you've seen in the church in your part of the world. Sure, yes. Um, yeah, the plenary council, uh, it, was, it was supposed to be um, happening in 2020, but uh, COVID hit and so it was delayed, and then it, it was supposed to be a gathering um, and again, because of lockdowns, it was all done virtually. So it's basically the church in Australia coming together and sharing um, from from all all different parts of the church, the body of Christ, and people have contributed um, uh, in a range of areas of, of where they think um, uh, you know that what what they feel the church needs, you know, what direction it should go for the local church in Australia. Um, and so, so many contributions happened. They're collecting. Um, all this from from all over the the, the diocese around the country, um, and there was different stages. and And I know uh, Armando's wife was involved, and many others involved in the church, uh, heavily involved. Uh, we were sort of on the. I personally was just in one of the sessions at the very start of the hearing, the first hearing. But then um, it's not over now. Now that the the, the bishops have uh, collated some of the uh, information, they're going to gather in June and then see. Uh, the response. And so one of, you know, w the one thing that touched, got my attention was formation was a big part of the, the idea of what we can bring to the church in Australia, more formation. And as Amador said, even, even um, a focus on uh, a refresh 
or you know within liturgy and so they want to look at they looked at all different aspects of the church's life and liturgy and formation were two areas uh, to look at and if we can get the liturgy sort of solid there and 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 with what you guys are doing it was uh it was just a breath of fresh air and i think it's i think it's providential the timing of this for that side of things um, but then formation as well which is what we we sort of focus our, our whole energy and 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 so where where we go around now that things are opening up and, and bible studies and, and talks are, are starting to go live and just online as well there is so much hunger for the faith and uh i, I remember in the first lockdown so many people were asking questions about about uh you know, God, people were coming back to church uh, after that first lockdown. Then the second lockdown hit, and I know I know there was been a big, it was a longer lockdown and not as many people were coming back. And so there's an opportunity right now to, to, to really reach out to those Catholics who were going to Mass regularly to come back, come back on Sunday. So, um, yeah, I know, I understand it's, it's not 100% return to where it was. And we need to pick that back up and, but there are some new faces, which is interesting. <laughs> so there are people who are coming back to church for the first time in a very, very long time. Um, and there are people who are inquiring uh, about, about the church for the first time ever. Um, and so there's a really interesting time where we, we've got an opportunity to really form these new Catholics or those fallen away that have come back um, and, and also challenge those who have sort of been uh, there, you know, all these years, turning up on Sunday, which is great, but try, sort of revitalizing their faith and, and getting them uh, to really activate uh, um, in a way where they become more missionary and get out there and sort of keep spreading the word and bring people to the, to the to home, especially in the liturgy. So there's a few things that need to happen and people obviously have their personal um, faith and, and, and need to have that sort of encounter, if you like, and, and, and that spark of their faith. But then we've got to invite them to something. And when they come to that sacred mill, we want to make sure that it is something transcendental and something that really takes them, uh, you know, and enters into um, eternity, if you like, and, and that the liturgy really is that worthy worship of the Trinity. Um, and so we can um, present that as best as possible. And, and that's why I'm excited about this partnership to educate further in this area and liturgy is a little bit of a taboo topic. It's a topic that can be divisive. It is? Um, no yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, it is something I can tell you. It's, uh, it's you know, we've, we've not really focused on, uh, we focus a lot on the Eucharist and apologetically what we've done. And over the last 17 years in our ministry, uh, postulate, we've, been, we've been talking about the Catholic Protestant sort of understanding and, and apologetics was a big part of what we do, scripture studies. But, but not the nitty-gritties about the lit- liturgical forms. And so the timing couldn't be better. And I think we're, we probably weren't ready to tackle it properly years ago, but we are in a position now to do it. And that's, again, this is God's hand, I think, in this because the timing is coming at a good time where we've just launched the Parisia Academy and we're trying to educate and go to the next level. And liturgy is a big area we want to focus in. I, I just want to touch on the last thing you said about what we're focusing on apologetics and Eucharist. And I think that's incredibly important discipleship and evangelization. And I'm seeing in America, you know, we had the CARA report that was like only one third of, of Catholics believe in real presence of Jesus Christ. But I always tell people, I think it's actually, unfortunately, a little worse than that because we do that discipleship and Eucharist, it's all Eucharist, 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 right? But we're yes. not explaining how you are part of that process and then you go forth as a deified 
Christ into the world, we're missing that whole second fulfillment of, you know, this whole liturgical process. It doesn't, it's not just happening in this room. And then, you know, then we happen to exist outside of it. It's a continuation of the liturgy. And so uh, I think we need to understand that and focus on that a little more. And then maybe that will incentivize people to come back to mass after COVID. Um, Chris, this question comes from a listener of this Adoramus podcast, uh, Jesse W. Well, anonymous. He says, do you think God's going to delay the eschaton by two years because of the two year shutdown of COVID? No, I'm just kidding. That's not a real joke. That's not a liturgy question. (laughs) Chris, if people want to find out about Adoramus Bulletin, they want to sign up for anything, where can they go to, to learn more? Yeah, if, uh, if you want to visit the Adoramus stuff properly, our, our web address is uh, adoramus.org, and that's A-D-O-R-E-M-U-S, means let us adore.org. And uh, maybe I just say one more thing about what people can expect in the year ahead is uh, in our initial uh, discussions, we were think of, thinking of having a U.S. edition and an Australia-New Zealand edition. But uh, for a variety of reasons, it was just getting too complicated. And then we thought, well, uh, American readers could certainly benefit from uh, reading uh, some of the great content from uh, from our authors in Australia and New Zealand. So we're only going to do uh, a single edition that's available to uh, to both Australia, New Zealand and the United States. And we've got some great uh, authors from uh, Australia lined up already. Um Joe, our managing editor, says never promise things in the future. You never know what might come up to take its place. But we we already have uh, lined up uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Gerard O'Shea from uh, Campion College, who will uh, write for us. Um, let's see. We've got uh, 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 Will Schaefer is as uh, a Catholic and a novelist from uh, from. Perth. Uh, Dr. Peter Christofides is a uh, uh, professor who will write uh, for us as well. Bishop Peter Elliott, uh, retired bishop in uh, Melbourne, I think, has uh, committed to uh, pen a, an article or two for us. And there's a number of others that uh, are still lighting up. So uh, wherever you are, Australia or the United States, you're going to hear so, uh, for some great content from uh, both Australia and New Zealand. Father John O'Connor, Jesse, is a oh, liturgical institute yeah, Zealand, uh, alum. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a New Zealand priest and uh, directs the liturgy National Liturgy Office there. So we've got a lot of uh, exciting stuff uh, coming ahead. So at least if you want to read the Adoramus, uh, if you want to go directly to Adoramus, that's uh, adoramus.org. And, and uh, Amador, if people want to get a part of this, you know, Australian version of Parisia, where do they get that information? I almost lost my unmute and mute button, Jesse. So <laughs> it's for uh, a question. Uh, well, anyway, so for the Australian version, and uh, Shabelle will have to correct me if I misspell it, but it's going to be uh, perusiamedia.com uh, forward slash Adoramos Bulletin for the, uh, for, for the uh, Adoramos dash bulletin, actually. So that's perusiamedia.com forward slash Adoramos dash bulletin. So there will be more information posted there uh, and also a link for folks to uh, sign up. And again, as it, it, I'll, I'll, we'll put this in the uh, show notes. Isn't that uh, how you say it, Jesse? We'll put sure. the, and, uh, but this is for free. People can sign up for free to receive uh, Adoramus Bulletin, all of those contents uh, for entire year. So that address that uh, Amador just gave us is where you would sign up and uh, it's all yours. 
And uh, Charbel, people want to learn more about Perusia Media and all the great work that you're doing there. Where can they go to find out more information? Yeah, thank you. Um, it's perusiamedia.com. So uh, P-A-R-O-U-S-I-A media.com. And uh, yeah, if, if in within the partner section, we, we, we've added Adoramus Bulletin in there. And, and it's thanks to the generosity of, of, of some donors who have helped pay it forward, if you like, contributing to the print run. And, and it's allowed us to be able to print nationwide and, and offer this, this, this really special offer free to anyone who reaches out to us. Um, Shout and out that's to all of our donors. That's, <laughs> that's right. So thanks to the donors. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they know who they are and, and, and they're being very generous and, and they're going to help. They're helping the mission of the church through their donation. So if anyone else is in a position to pay it forward, if you like, and contribute, yeah, visit our website and, and there is a, a campaign, an ongoing campaign for those who'd like to um, contribute there. But yeah, thank you. Hope to see many of the listeners here uh, visit us. All right. And as of the time that this is published, you can still listen to the Liturgy Guys podcast, as mentioned uh, in these conversations at liturgyguys.com. And uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and, and commitment to this. I have spent a lot of time, you know, trying to collaborate with some other church organizations. And oftentimes it's very difficult to do that. Um, you know, there are, you know, egos and stubbornness sometimes. And, you know, this is my territory and all that stuff. And, and that's fine. And you know, that can be difficult to to come away with from a meeting. But when I see true collaboration like this, where it's natural, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, it just it warms my heart so much. And it's hard enough for people to get catechized on liturgy. We should not make it harder. So we should make it easier for people to access information like this and to learn about the liturgy. So uh, thank you so much for your time and God bless.